Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Love is a choice to make a gift of yourself to another person. To want, right? To want and work towards the best for someone else, even when it is difficult. Welcome to Think Gold Media. I am your host, Ivory Frimpong, and here on the Think Gold Podcast, I interview guests who come from all walks of life. We talk about topics ranging from spirituality and the deeper meaning behind life, all the way to topics like dealing with adversity and overcoming failure. Ultimately, my goal is to reach beyond social norms and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally hear on a daily basis. If I can inspire one person, just one person, to take away something from this episode, then this platform has done its job. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you to the Think Gold family, and I urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media. Without further ado, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and Think Gold. Okay, Katie, before we start the podcast, do you want to lead us in prayer this morning? Yes, Ivory, that is, you know, I took some notes for today, and the only thing I could take at the top, this is pray first. Mm. <laughs> so, Heavenly Father, please shine your light down upon us today, down upon your son, Ivory, and this this podcast mission that he has to bring your light and bring your truth to the people that hear it. The only thing I know is that I want to do your will in this world every day. So whatever words we speak this morning, please send us your Holy Spirit. Let us be guided by your Holy Spirit to speak the words that the listeners of this podcast, be they be one, 10, 100, that they need to hear. Speak through us. Use us, Lord. Let us be instruments of your peace. Bring order to our chaos. Mm-hmm. And just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for that, Katie. So I'm just going to do a brief introduction of who okay. this amazing lady is. So today on the podcast, we bring on Katie Ikobo. She has been a learning specialist for over 25 years, focused on helping college students develop personally, professionally, and academically. She not only has a passion for helping young professionals, but is also working to become a life coach. She specialized in relationships, specifically marriage counseling. Katie, I'll just say um, you've had a huge impact in my life um, coming from an area, a seven-hour drive um, from Virginia and coming to Rhode Island and really having someone that has my back, you know, and someone that I can just lean on for wisdom. Your door was always open to, to, to me, and I was come in and ask you any type of question regarding family, faith, relationships. And I think you're just one of the true, um, just a real true authentic soul and there's so much depth to you. And I just appreciate you for taking the time, Katie. Really appreciate oh, it. Thank you, Ivy. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> I just have to clarify, too. It's only been six years that I've been a learning specialist. Because if it was 25, I would have started when I was 10. 
Wait, so, okay. So why did it say <laughs> why did it say on the Rhode Island thing that I looked oh, up? It said that oh, you're, we you were probably, a learning specialist. We should probably <laughs> fix that. <laughs> okay. Well you you you've you've been uh helping people learn for all your life. Yeah, we'll say that. gosh. I just like I thank you so much for that introduction and yeah. and it it really um builds me up to hear that because that's what I strive for, really to be that hmm. that connection and that place hopefully some academic stuff too because you know that is that is what we do here um but I really see my students and I, I look at them not just as students or athletes but really as the whole person sitting in front of me mm. and just who I am I really can sort of see behind the veil see what's on the heart feel what other people are feeling mm. so it's sort of very natural to me no matter where I am or who I'm with to really bring those those things out and provide a lot of encouragement and uh, hopefully, you know, ask the right questions to lead to the next positive step. And so with the relationship coaching, one of the reasons I have recently gotten involved in that versus um, specifically marriage therapy, and there's a little bit of a difference, and I'd love to just clarify that. So therapy, I think, is wonderful and has its place, and I have done a lot of therapy in my life. I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, it's a lot more about talking about the feelings. There's a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different methodologies and that's wonderful. The difference between coaching and therapy is coaching is a lot more about action. So when I'm coaching, when I'm receiving coaching or providing coaching, either I or the person that I'm coaching, I want that person to walk away from that session with an actual implementable action um, on that day, which for me is tremendous because I come with this big challenge. It seems insurmountable. Yes. And then I have a path forward. So hmm. when it comes to, cause I'm just curious and it's funny because like whenever I do these podcasts, right. I'm like, <clears throat> there's so many different like routes that we can go down. Right. So mm -hmm. I was going to go into like, what has made, what, like what in your life mm -hmm. has granted you this unique ability to understand and empathize and like you said see through the veil right because a lot of people don't have that naturally Kate like that's a gift that's a gift from God um where does that come from it's <sighs> a good question Ivory <laughs> uh I'll, I'll tell a little bit <clears throat> I'll get a little bit personal with it because I think sometimes it's really valuable to hear other people's stories I was naturally this way as a child. I just, I am that. It's like, um, like I'm an empath. Um, whatever you want to call it, there's all different words. And I love people tremendously. Like I love everyone. It could be the guy pumping the gas at the gas station. It, it could be the president of the United States. It doesn't matter who it is. Like I love everybody. I want to know about them. I have this like insatiable drive to, to see people and know them and hear them. And, and it brings me so much joy. It brings me great joy. So I was like that as a child. I grew up with my mom and my dad and my brother. He's a little bit younger than me. And for the first, I would say, 10 years of my life, I had a, a pretty idyllic experience. I had very secure, very loving. No, nothing was perfect. We didn't have a lot of money. Just I just remember great things about that time in my life. Mm. And... It's funny, I was actually baptized in the Episcopalian church when I was 10. We never went to church as a family, but for one year of my life, we did. And during that year, I was baptized. 
And that was also the year or within that time frame that my whole world came crashing down. And through whatever series of events, I, I really, it, it blindsided me when my parents separated. And it was, it was as if I had this beautiful, peaceful life. I had this trajectory forward. I had this innocence. And then in, in the scope of one second, it was like everything was 180 degrees the opposite. And from that point on, it led down this very, very, very dark path for me. Hmm. And that person, I'll try not to get emotional as I talk about this, that person that I was as a child, you know, I I actually remember the moment that my my mom told me that my parents were going to divorce. Yeah. And I I remember my thought, I was 11 years old, I thought, all the adults have gone crazy. Now it's my job to take care of everything. Now it's my job to take care of my brother. Mm. So essentially in that moment, as a young child, I took control. Wow. Right. And I pushed everything because I thought <clears throat> it was my job to make sure everyone was okay. Everything was going to go fine. My brother was going to be okay. Cause it just seemed, it would just seem like chaos. Mm. So when I pray, bring order, I pray that prayer all the time you know, blessed are you, O God, King of the universe who brings order to chaos because my life was chaos for a long time, Ivory. And so, you know, I started out with trying to pretend like everything's okay. I graduated, you know, slowly into some self-harm stuff and then very quickly found drugs and alcohol. And that for me was, it, it was as if I... I don't, I don't really know the logical process of getting here. It was more like a survival mechanism, but all I wanted to do was, was punish that part of myself. Hmm. And that's what I did. I, I cannot tell you for how long. It was a very, very long time. Um, I never could reconnect to that ability that I had. Wow. Wow. So I was still me, but like, even now people will see me and they're like, I had a friend say to me the other day, well, well, I can go to Providence to dance class with you. My husband will say it's okay because you're tough. I'm like, oh, I, I really still give that off? And, you know, it's like integrated. It's become part of me now because I want to give the hopeful outcome too is that at this point in my life, 36 years old, I feel closer to that little version of Katie, that eight-year-old, mm. eight-year-old self. I, I, like to, I like to go with the eight-year-old self because you're kind of past the age of reason. Hey, that is so yeah. beautiful. Uh, that Isn't is so beautiful. It? That's so beautiful. And I feel closer to her now. And, and I have, I can argue that innocence once lost, I believe can be regained. Mm. Wow. Wow. I saw something on TikTok. Yes, I TikTok. And it was, um, I think it was this, this girl, she was talking about just like, she said, she said, imagine this, right? She said, imagine this, bear with me, imagine this. You are in your childhood home, Right. The home where you grew up at, right? And little Katie or little Ivory is sitting in that bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. You you knock on that door, you open up the door and you look at yourself. What does that little Katie or little Ivory need to hear? Like, what can you tell them now if you had to like go back in the past and you had the chance to sit next to little Katie at eight years old or 
five or eight years old, like, what would you be telling them? Right. And like, I just thought about that. And it's like, in the, in the mindset of like, I feel like we become who we needed when we were younger. Right. Yeah. And for me, very similar, my mom and my stepdad, they got a divorce when I was just around the same age and complete shift in my family. And I look at like me and how I want to, like one of the most important things to me is just becoming a, a good father. And that comes from my experience coming up. And mm -hmm. I feel like I want to become that person for myself. You know, mm -hmm. so that just made me think about that. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, no. that's beautiful. Yeah. So what do you think? I like what you said. I, I like you said, um, you said, I believe that my innocence or our innocence can be regained, right? Mm. And I look at that direction of you saying you got involved in drugs and alcohol, self-harm. And I feel like there's really two routes that you can go, right? It's either progressively worse or you progressively get better. And looking at you now, we know that you progressively got better, but like, what were those steps or like actions that you had to do to pull yourself out of that? Even if it was like a 20 year stretch of time or a 15 year stretch of time, like, I guess, what was that journey to come back out of that? Wow. What a question. And I would love to answer that question. <clears throat> I wanted out of that lifestyle. Yeah. And met my husband. I fell so in love with him. Mm. I'm really coming to terms with now that I almost shifted some of the responsibility onto him. Like I kind of thought, oh, here's the one that can save me now. Mm. Here, here's the one that can help me be the person that I want to be instead of taking that accountability myself. We very quickly got together, moved in together. We had two children, then we got married, then we had two children. But with the birth of my first child, I mean, it changes your whole life. And I was 26 when she was born. Talk about being ready. Just a little side note, you can never be ready. And it really did give me this, you know, motivation to change things. But, but so we're talking, 10 years ago it's been a, a really long and slow process but I also if I look at it I don't necessarily have to say long and slow 10 years is a long time I did a lot of things I searched a lot of avenues when I had Anna um, I mean I, I was as far away from faith as far away from Christianity as you could possibly be and my second child came along really quickly 13 months later Amadeo there was one day here on the URI campus where there was a mosque. There's a mosque in Kingston. It was a, it was a, attacked, slandered. There was spray paint, some ugly obscenities drawn on it. And I had this response to reading that because this, this is my community. You know, I love this place. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to go pray. I have to go somewhere and pray. And, you know, I went back to the Episcopal Church Long story short, um, I ended up converting to Catholicism. That for me was 
absolutely tremendous coming from a place of no faith, traveling back to the origin, to, to the real story, holding a book in my hands, reading about, you know, these, these stories I thought were myths of this man who rose from the dead. Just mm. my whole life dismissed them as myths. And I, in an instant, I thought, oh my God, this is really true. And it changed my whole life. I think everybody thought it was a phase people who knew me really well because I, I tend to get really excited about things <laughs> just I'm just like that former cheerleader um <laughs> it's not a phase it's brought me it's brought me so 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 deep and so one thing I will say is that that control that I took when I was 11 years old that followed me into my marriage, into my parenting, into my life. And it's subtle. You don't know that it's happening. <clears throat> and so, by the way, I told my story, you can easily make the connection that that urge to control the people around me, especially the feelings of people around me, especially being mm. such a perceptive person, mm. like I can feel it and I want to make it better. And so I'm therefore trying to control other people. And it's all based in fear. And so mm. I came into my marriage. I came into my mothering riding this giant tidal wave of fear. And, you know, I prayed about it. I sought out resources. I sought out counseling. I sought out every time something would start to go wrong. I'd think, all right, what can I do now? Lord? What, what, do, what do I need to do now? And... I, I never really found anything that would stick. I never really found anything that, that made me feel better, honestly. Mm. Bring me back to myself. Um, I would say then, I'll share this. The night before I found the, you know, the program that I've gone through to become a marriage coach, been involved in it for over two years now. And the night before I found it, I had this nightmare. <clears throat> and in it, I was standing with my kids on a beach. And all of a sudden, it was like this gigantic tidal wave, this big wall of water just coming towards us. Wow. <clears throat> and we all looked at each other. And we, it was just me and I have four small children. We have, me and my four small children. We, grab, we all grabbed hands and like we knew it was just going to close over us. Mm. And so that is an accurate description of the way I lived my life. And, and the way I, like the place I, instead of functioning from a place of hope and a place of joy, even mm. with my faith, I'm functioning from that place of fear, hmm. you know, and it all stems back from the disappointment of me as a child. Cause you know what me and you, Ivory, everyone else, like I heard somebody say in this office the other day, he's, he's in some kind of psych class or something. We really are the people that we are, that we are going to be become by the time we're like six years old. You know, we're not so. that different. We're not that different from our little kid selves. We just hmm. are those people. We just like try to pretend we're like, we're, you know, big, we're big people now we're, right we're big we're big children we're yeah, we're a bunch of big kids <laughs> <laughs> and we get more sophisticated we get more proper 
we get more and we disassociated. Put up more walls. Hmm. We put up more walls. Yeah. Hmm. And we find our coping skills, whether they're our coping mechanisms, whether they're positive or negative. I know for me, they were all a lot, they were really negative. These were things I tried to hide from, hmm. you know, and it wasn't in a fantastic way. No, so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And so <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question. But... No, you, you did. And it's coming to coming to God definitely helped, but it sounds like the root cause, right? Like when dealing with the root cause, that can be the toughest thing to do, right? And like, even in, like, I'm still young going through it, but I remember like in high school, you know, same thing, you know, I used to smoke, I used to drink to kind of just fill that void. And even now I'm still like getting to the root cause of the stuff that I went through as a kid. Um, But how do you, I guess like, how do you get to that root cause though? You know, like mm-hmm. how, how do you fix some of those issues? Is it, because I know it's a combination of, you know, having faith and, you know, growing through God. Is it a combination of therapy? Is it a combination of asking yourself the right questions? Like, what was it? What was that like? What was that for you? You know, like that combination of things. And obviously you're still progressing, but just someone who's listening to this can take away like some, some actionable things that they could do, whether that be call the right person or, you know. Oh yeah. That's a really great question. I think that, so I'll just speak from my experience. And like I said, it was a long process and is still a long process. I'm not free of fear. You know, I, just had, like I, a, I just had a I just had an aha moment. I'm tell like, me. I'm, okay. All right. So I think I thought of it. So I think you, right? Yeah. I think one of the best ways, not just you, that we can come out of our pain and out of suffering and out of things that we dealt with mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. by turning that pain and stuff that we dealt with into passion, into yeah. helping other people. There we so go. like I said, you're like, um, yeah, I mean, you help people like myself. I mean, you're in the student yeah. learning center, having conversations that go way beyond just academics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you now have used everything you've gone through. And that goes back to how you're able to show empathy. It's like, you're able to connect with people on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think of it's Saturday. It's not Sunday, but I'm gonna give you all the word that God turns your pain into purpose mm-hmm. hmm. just thought of that it's big you, you know ivory you're you're making me think because i've been thinking a lot about talking to you i've been thinking a lot about doing this podcast what it, what direction it might go <clears throat> when i first started working here i had a young man sitting on this couch in front of me and i won't give any details but he was going through some really really tough family stuff And I remember driving home that night and I thought, I get it. God, I get it. I get why you let me go through this pain. It was, it was so I could, I could understand. And I, and I really like my mission, my mission now in whatever way, shape or form it takes 
is to heal the pain of divorce in this world and build up marriages and families. I know hmm. unequivocally that that's my mission. And that mission, it was placed on my heart by God. And I feel that in the depths of my being, like it is, it is, and it, it is no easy mission. No easy mission, Katie. Would you mind if we kind of jump into that? Yeah, let's do it. So you're in the process of, walk me through the process of what you, what this transition is, is like, if you don't mind painting that picture of like, okay, you're a learning specialist at University of Rhode Island. Mm. You were helping students on a daily basis with their academics, um, just growing outside of being an athlete career-wise. And now mm-hmm. you're shifting to kind of go to this topic, right? Of mm-hmm. being a marriage counselor, being a marriage coach. Why, what is that mission statement for you to become a relationship coach, a marriage coach? What's your why? Well, it's really the same. I, I really, what I want to do. So I have all these students come <clears throat> and sit in this office. And I realized over the years that I would say 90% of them are dealing with some similar pain to what I have dealt with in my life. And so so what happens when you bring this stuff into your own marriage? Like it's it's blind. We don't, we don't see it. If we haven't dealt with it, if we haven't asked ourselves the questions, if we haven't done the work personally, and the work is, is, a, is a hard process. It is no easy thing. So it's really hard to suffer and be in pain and numb your pain and go out and party and do the things that, watch Netflix, eat food, have sex, whatever it is that numbs your pain. It's hard to do that. That way of life sucks. It's also hard to do the work. So choose your heart pick which one you want to do. Mm. Right. Mm. Sometimes when I get a little bit lost and like, okay, this, this is, this is no easy thing. How am I going to accomplish this? Cause God wants me to accomplish this. Okay. How am I going to accomplish this? <clears throat> Here in my work at URI, I do get to have these types of conversations with people. And that, that really is a one person at a time thing in terms of, relationship coaching, you know, my goal is to work one-on-one really with women. Sorry, Ivory. <laughs> okay. It's okay. I'm really, we okay, I'm we really okay just, from a woman. I, all right. I'm really just working with women because what I want to see is women and mothers who are not just like in okay marriages. Like I want to see thriving families. I want to see thriving marriages. I want to see happy, joyful women. And we don't live in a world that supports that anymore. Like, just Mm. think of the culture in athletics. It's like, there's wonderful, amazing people here. It's succeed, succeed, succeed. Push off the marriage and family. That'll come later. That's like the icing on top. Well, biologically and otherwise, that's not really the way we work. You know, when I was in college, all I wanted was to have a marriage, uh, have be married and have a family. And Mm. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because I was on the path to success. I had no idea what that meant. But we Mm. don't live in a world that supports it. We live in a world that supports single people and your personal success. Just look at what we see on social media, it's everywhere. Like this voice, this, what I'm speaking, this is like a voice in the wilderness. Like people don't talk about that. Yeah. People won't tell you that 
as a female, once you hit the age of 35, your fertility starts to tank. People won't tell you how much harder it is to have a baby when you're 38 than when you're 28. You know, and so those considerations are important and you have to make them now. So what do you think? I want to put you on the spot here, Katie. What do you think about the opposite, the opposition against that, right? Right, because you have mm-hmm. two sides of the, you know, independent independent woman. And excuse me if I'm not putting this in a, in a positive light, but like you have the independent woman that is, you know, I don't need no man. Um, you know, I can do it all by myself. I can hustle, I can grind. Like it's all about me having fun versus like, okay, stay at home mom, um, you know, watching the kids. I'm supporting my family no matter the cost. Like I'm sacrificing, sacrificing part of who I am for my family and what I'm building. Like, what do you think about those two perspectives? And is there, which obviously you're leaning towards one, but just talk me through that, the opposition of that. Yeah, I think those are those are two extremes because I think you don't have to necessarily sacrifice one at the expense of the other. I really am a huge proponent of being true to yourself and your gifts and your talents and your hobbies and and really doing what fills you up because mm. as a as a mom, my kids are all under the age of 9 and I've been there. I've been to that place where I'm just pouring from an empty cup. That's by and large what I see all around me. It's like we think that that's what we have to do. Um, it doesn't work for me. I want to show up as a certain type of person. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. a certain type of wife and a certain type of mother and a certain type of coworker and a certain type of friend, certain type of woman. Mm-hmm. And if I don't take good care of myself and if I don't, you know, I read probably a book a week. If I don't do that stuff, because that's just, that's me. I've always been like that. You know, go to dance class. <laughs> finally went back to dance class it's so important to do those things so I think it's not about one or the other even though you're talking about these extreme versions of people it's more like the mindset about what it means like Mm. somehow so it's like there's just this negative view of marriage and family in general it's a cultural thing and it's like oh you're you're somehow making this giant sacrifice. It's going to get in your way. Like, oh my gosh, Ivory, when I got pregnant at 25, I mean, we had that baby on purpose. I I had like friends, mothers come up to me and look at my belly and look at my face and go, was that, did you mean to do that? What? Oh my Lord. (laughs) That's just disrespectful. You know what? I've actually, I get a lot of comments because it's not so common anymore to have four kids, even though I love more. Um, and people comment to me all the time. Oh my goodness, you have your hands full. Don't you know what causes that? You, you know, like all the things. Part of my way of fulfilling my mission of building up marriages and families is really greeting that with joy and just mm. being like, yeah, you know, I, I, I welcome those questions. I welcome that curiosity because wow. st- take a step into my world and see how different it is. And to that woman who's, you know, 35 and pushed it all off and maybe has that longing in her heart. Cause you know, only that person knows, like only, you know, only you are the expert on your own life, Hmm. what you want and what you need. A lot of times it's about getting in touch with what we want and what we need. And if what we want and what we need is not that, okay. 
that's a conscious decision. Mm. But if it's something that we're pushing off and pushing off because of the, of the cultural norm and the, that's what society tells us is that we were Social supposed media. to focus on ourselves. Yeah. Then, mm. okay. So, so the question is really, and, and it's the answer to a lot of questions you've asked here is that deep introspection. Mm. It's really finding that time for quiet. I mean, for me, I, I needed, I also needed a coach to help draw out of me, you know, kind of what my vision for my life is, what my fears are. This is, this is an ongoing process, you know, mm. and I, and I, and I love the process. I love the way it works. It, it works so well for me. Do you go to therapy, Katie? Um, I don't right now, but I am okay. seeking out, I am seeking out some specific types of therapy yeah got it for me personally got it yeah i always hear like they go to therapy go to therapy but i don't really know uh how like you would even go about setting up a therapy session like (laughs) well (laughs) i mean there's lots of ways to do that i so i know for me it's like i actually heard somebody say this on on a podcast the other day how important it is to not just be a, a passive uh, bystander in, in trying to seek out that treatment. So for me, you know, I've gotten pretty personal so far, so why not? I'd love to seek out some really specific trauma focused therapy and do like, I don't know, like a short, like eight to 12 sessions. Um, and just really, really try to get past some things that I know are holding me back. I know are keeping me stuck because it's, it's really hard to, for me to go there Mm. and it's in my, it's in my body. I can feel it. Um, so, but it's taken me a long time to get to that point to even realize that. Yeah. So I need, I can't just find someone, any, any person, like I need someone who's trauma focused, who, who's informed, who knows, who knows what they're doing, who's read the right books and done the right trainings and all that. Mm. Um, so you really have to be an active, you have to be an active, um, component in, in getting the kind of care that you need. Yeah. And that's what coaching is, you know? You know, like I could let weeks go by and not get it. And I'll tell you what, like, I really do a lot better when I'm receiving regular coaching. Hmm. Okay. You have a couple more questions regarding the topic of, of marriage. Do you mind if I ask a couple more questions? Fire away. So just looking at the divorce rate in America, right? We're mm-hmm. at 44% of marriages end in a divorce. The average marriage is eight years long. We kind of, you already talked about kind of what the impact of this is having on our society, but why do you think those numbers are the way that they are? 40% of divorce, mm-hmm. average marriage being eight years long when people are living up to a hundred years now, right? Like why? What's the pattern? What's going on? It's just so sad. I really think of the children. Because it's generational, you know, it doesn't just affect that family, it affects Mm. generations to come. It's Mm. like a cycle. Mm. And I think, you know, it really started when no fault divorce was made legal. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that, because if you just look at the statistics, like, that's kind of when it took off. I want to say that
we've really taken off in a direction as a society where it's all about self-fulfillment hmm. right hmm. and when I went into my marriage with ex expectations that I was going to be, you know, somehow rescued or he was going to somehow make me happy, you know, that's really where I went wrong. And I have to trust for me and I would encourage anybody who's thinking about getting married or is married to not doubt your choice and really believe that God gave you the right person to be married to. Mm. And that it it's like, it's like such a mirror, you know, we have all these things to work out. I think when it gets hard, when there starts to be a lot of complaining, a lot of disrespect, <clears throat> when that, you know, initial thing fades, which is something I really think doesn't have to fade. I think it can continue. Um, and back to that point about you know, now that men and women both are going into these like high powered careers. And when I, if I bring that, if I bring that attitude back to my marriage where I'm calling all the shots, right. It doesn't really work out too well. Hmm. So, so another, another category of women that I really would love to work with is, you know, the women who have, who have done, who have been so successful in their careers and have done so well. And just for some reason, like the marriage just isn't working. And I'll tell you what, it's probably not, it's probably not the guy you chose, you know? The guy you chose is probably right for you. Cause you're, cause you probably made a really good choice, right? Do you believe, um, do you believe that there is a one true love or do you believe that you turn a relationship into a true love if that makes sense you know you know every what the one true love the one true love is my creator mm. the one true love is the god that made us amen and and so <clears throat> go my list of priorities god marriage family health work that's pretty much how it goes god um, marriage family Health, health work. work. Like Sometimes health might need to come before family. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's family, 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 family. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I found a really nice definition of love. Um, I thought you might like. Yeah. I'm going to read it to you. So this is from, let me, um, let me make sure I give my citation as a learning specialist here. From onemoresoul.com. One more soul. One more soul. We're not sponsored by One More Soul, by the way. No, nothing to do. Just something I looked up today, this morning, actually. When I was on my couch reading my Bible at 530 in the morning. Love is a choice to make a gift of yourself to another person. Ooh. To want, right? To want and work towards the best for someone else, even when it is difficult. It goes beyond emotion. Love is a participation in God's love. The real thing is free, not forced or enslaved to urges. It's total and full, not conditional. In marriage, it is not partial or holding back any part of a person. Faithful, it's steadfast, never abandons. In marriage, vows are permanent, only broken by death. And love is also fruitful, meaning physically and or spiritually life-giving. Wow. 
Can you repeat the first first sentence that you read? A choice to make a gift of yourself to another person. A choice to make a gift of yourself to another person. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Like, how do you decipher that? I just think, thank God, it's not about my emotions. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. That was, that summed up the large part of the questions I had for you, but that was just, yeah. That was amazing insight, right? There. I thought it was apt. And I really, I really think that when you go back to talking about the why, honestly, one of the, the things I think in terms of the why, why is there so much divorce? Why is there so much? I think the attacks on the family is one of the devil's greatest tools. Mm. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like it destroy the family. The family is the foundation of society. Without the family, what do we really have? Like, I, I just, I did completely disregard all that notion that we're somehow evolving into some kind of different, different way. You know, this is, this is the way, in, in my opinion, this is the way it was meant. This is the way God planned it out. And so I think that any way that the devil can get in there, the family is his, his biggest instrument. The family, mm. I believe, is where we have to fight the hardest. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Hmm. The devil is a liar. I feel like he, Pastor Moog from Rhode Island used to tell me just, he was actually one of the few pastors that would talk openly about the devil. Yeah. It was so helpful for me because like when you learn about the enemy, like you know when he's trying to attack you, you know? Mm-hmm. And he always comes and targets the places where you're most vulnerable. You know, not mm-hmm. even as a society, but just even as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much times in in my life where it's just like, literally like devil on a shoulder, God on one shoulder, right? And it's like, it, sometimes it feels almost that clear, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but yeah, it's it's sad, but devil's a liar the devil's a liar that's all i'll say the devil is a liar katie um yeah so one more question that i had because i feel like the audience listening to this at least right now is more so people who are closer to my age katie yeah so you know just talking about maybe a lot of us aren't married yet right i'm not married yet but i'm in a amazing relationship there's a lot of people listening to this that are in really good relationships, but aren't married yet. What advice do you have for some people in, in younger relationships to get to that point of marriage? You're not going to like this one. Oh, don't shoot. live, to, don't live together. <laughs> Respect. I did. So I'm not, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I, I don't know. I, I won't say that I went in with my eyes wide open, you know, um, things changed a lot for me going through a, a full religious conversion experience after you're already married is like kind of a big deal. The other person's kind of like, well, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Yep. 
So I love that idea of a choice to make a gift of yourself to the other person. And I think to be able to do that, you have to be thoroughly grounded in who you are. Mm. You know, and I know you are Ivory. I know that about you. But I know about me at your age, I was not. Mm. I was more like sort of wide open to the world around me in, in, in maybe not so much of a positive way. Like I just took on a lot and um, I didn't know how to discern hmm. uh, pretty naive. I, I can still be that way sometimes. Hmm. And I really wish I had been able to have like foresight into, you know, kind of what my goals were for my marriage, like what I really thought about it. And I think, you know, I think I did have, I think I did have some, I think in many ways I, I landed myself in a pretty good position. Like I said before, there's no right time. You're making the right choice. Like you'll know if you keep God front and center of that relationship, everything's going to turn out just fine because he, he, he brings good out of everything. Hmm. He really does. Even the bad. Even the bad. Even the bad. Which is why we're talking here today. Wow. Okay, that was that was insightful. That was informative. Um, <laughs> I feel like we touched on all the topics that I want to talk about regarding divorce, marriage, the state of modern love. I wanted to talk about because I know there is a period in your time where you did some traveling, right? And so I want to talk about, yeah. I want to talk about you traveling a little bit. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's because a lot of us young people, it's like, that's one of the things that we dream about, right? Like graduating college mm -hmm. or leaving high school mm -hmm. and then traveling the world. How were you able to travel? You backpacked across Europe, right? You were serving tables. How were you able to, how were you able to travel across the world? Oh my gosh. This is such a fun question. <laughs> I love this. You know how much I love this. So unfortunately i haven't been able to travel much in the last 10 years <laughs> i've done a little bit but it was just such a wonderful experience it was after my freshman year of just traveling is something i love i love all people all languages i honestly think i think i thought i was going to find something different in other parts of the world i just find the same people there's different cultures different languages different they look different it's just we're all we are all more the same than we are different mm -hmm. and um after my freshman year of college, we bought one-way tickets to Ireland. Um, I probably had like maybe $2,000, maybe in my pocket, various forms of money. <laughs> we went through um, Ireland, England, Holland, and Italy, and we didn't actually wait tables. I worked for an organization called um, Worldwide Opportunities for Organic Farmers. Like, I'm not really a farmer, but it was just a way we could get room and board. Okay. Um, so we got fed and we got to stay in this old stone castle in Tuscany and just, you know, trim this guy's grapevines um, in wow. the summer in July. It was really hot in Tuscany in July. And then I ran out of money in uh, the Fumicino airport in Rome. My ticket got sent to Venice somehow. So I just, yeah, that was, that was interesting. How did you get home? I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up these experiences for the world, Ivory. They just really? like, they just enriched my life so much. You know how I got home? Uh, my mom. <laughs> I was 19 years old. My mom had to call and make a ruckus and with the airline because I was just worn out. So oh my goodness. I made it six weeks. The next trip, um, 
you know, I ended up going back to Europe. I spent a semester abroad. So as I work with student athletes, a lot of athletes can't travel abroad just because of the nature of their sport. Um, if it's something that you can find a way to do, like in the summer, during J term, there, there is nothing I would trade for that experience. I just, I mean, I was in Granada, Spain. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, and when I came home from that, we piled in. When I say we, it was a friend of mine, close friend of mine. She, uh, she's about a year younger than me. We piled into her Toyota Camry. She wanted to move out to California. We took two and a half months crossing the United States. So wow. we drove down. And again, I we had maybe $2,000. Did a lot of camping. So So if you're a planner and you like things a certain way, like this may not be for you. <laughs> Like don't just we have just, two thousand dollars in your pocket. We if just, you're a planner, we just, you might need ten. <laughs> you might need ten. I had I heard a great piece of advice um, from a neighbor, wonderful neighbor Jack Berry. He said, "When you're going on a trip, on the day before you leave, look at the amount of money you have. Go back to the bank, take out double. Look at the stuff in your suitcase, take out half. Mm. So double the money and half the stuff." And I was like, mm, "Good advice." <laughs> wow. Okay. Just uh, really fun. We never knew where we were going to sleep. We have uh, incredible stories. Um, I would encourage anyone, may, don't maybe don't be as reckless as I was, but the traveling is amazing. Yeah, I really want to go to Thailand. That's somewhere I've been dreaming of going just mm-hmm. because the, the money goes such a long way over there. And it's like mm-hmm. $50 for a night at a hotel over there living like a king. I would love to listen if you want to be a family man someday ivory and like granted i hope you can travel when you're a family man but now is the time to do it yeah you're right yeah just gotta get gotta get that two thousand dollars (laughs) first right (laughs) yep it's coming it's coming slowly but surely i gotta get some ads on this podcast i was just thinking the same thing yeah thinking the same thing um so yeah, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I have this last section called the deep end, Katie. Before we go into here, actually, let's just go into it. Ready? Fill in the blank here, okay? My greatest joy is... My greatest joy is my little children and how they love me 100%. The world needs... The world needs more faithful men and women who want to hold up God's plan. Amen. Our greatest battle is? For the family. You cannot be in a successful relationship without? Respect. Respect. That brings us to the end of the podcast, Katie. Are there any last words that you would like the audience to hear any drop the mic moments from you I don't know about drop the mic but I will tell you this morning I had a moment and thought like why am I even going to do this what do I know Hmm. but the devil's a liar Hmm. amen and I was thinking the same thing I'm like I'm about to talk about relationships and love and I'm (laughs) I'm 23 like I don't know people gonna want to hear this but I'm like this conversation is amazing I mean like for me, this is the stuff that like matters, you know? Yeah. Like this is the stuff that truly I feel like will have an impact and it's just us having a conversation, you know, not 
you don't got to save the world, but if we can just inspire conversations like this and make this more normalized, we can yeah. hear, you know, from someone else's perspective of what they've been through. And just by you speaking, like I learned from this and I know people listening are going to learn from this men or women. So thank you so much for your time, Katie. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for hearing me and listening to me. I feel really good as, as after every conversation we ever have. So, Of course, Katie. I know you're not too active on social media, so I won't drop any socials. Um, Thanks. But Katie, Picabo on the Think Gold podcast, God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for talking about the state of modern love. Think Gold. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.